that's where we're going. Back in your lives, in your ears, and... In my face. Yeah, welcome to another episode of Papa G's House. Before we go anywhere, thanks to everybody who's been tuning in. I see there's a little bit of an uptick in the in in the views and the comments and the engagement and stuff. So thank you all who have, have tuned in. If um, you dig the content, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and follow Gareth PGH. And with saying that, my trusty co-host Artur Carlos Diego Pejera the Third, and also on Instagram under that. Full name. Username. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, dude? Ah, jeez, man. What a hectic last two weeks it has been. Yeah, and we had a little bit of a break. We did have a little, a little bit, of, bit a break. of a break, yeah. But don't fret. It's not going to happen all the time. Well, it's not going to happen all the time. Not all the time. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. You're in there, mate. Hey, listen, we're human. And yeah. we have full-time jobs, so we can't help but not um, every now and again have a little bit of a break just to... to uh, you know, just to gather our thoughts and there's, there she's starting, <laughs> starting awesome. her nonsense with Anton there. So without further ado, let's introduce our guest. We've got Anton Marshall, who is a musician from Cape Town. He's uh, produced a number of projects, but is currently working on a project that, for a while now called Ericode. What's up, dude? Thank you so much for joining the show. Thanks for the invitation. It's a great honor to be here. Yeah, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's awesome to have you. First, first thing is because I know you guys, and that's Rogue, obviously. Yeah, and um, Butthole. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that was a great ending to the last. What was it? Last episode of the episode before, before. Uh, was amazing. Um, yeah, if you stick around for the end of, of the episode, you'll always get a little bit of a treat. Well, most of the time. Most of the time. Um, so tell me, uh, I want to know how you guys know each other because obviously this is the connection. I'm meeting you for the first time. I've been familiar with the, with your music. Um, obviously, Art has shared a lot of the tunes with me. Um, more recently, elliptical and uh, 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 Space, in, space your in your car. Your car. Yeah. So, so how do you guys know each other? Let's start with Anton. How do you know this guy? Okay. Um, a, a long time ago, I'm thinking possibly in the 17th century, oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> we were playing in two separate bands in Cape Town. I think at the time I was playing, when I first met him, was in My Latest X. Yeah, it was. And I was playing in a metal band called Scarlet Host. What? Yeah, yes. with Mike Kubik. No, no, no? Before Mike Kubik okay. is uh, well, wasn't he in Scarlet Mike Kubik's predecessor. Oh wow! Yeah, I, played, yeah, I was playing. Okay, the, the okay. now wow, this has opened up a whole new. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, with Dino and Kevin, uh, and we started out back then. I joined when they were still a five-piece. Lindsay, uh, the vocalist of Moment of Clarity. Moment of yes, Clarity, yeah. uh, he was the vocalist for Scarlet House back then as well. Um, but anyway. Um, and you were playing for My Latest X, and the Cossos were playing for Cruel April, and somehow these three bands and a couple of others just sort of connected on the scene. We were always writing to each other. And that's how I first met him and got to know him. That's awesome. Yeah, we did like a tour around Cape Town, which was what, four venues? Four venues, And yeah. we called it a, t- a tour. Hey, and why not? It was, a lot of, it was a lot of fun. It was, I mean, like, there were, we had like one show that was more than half attended, yeah. but the rest were just such a jewel that, that we were just playing with each other and yeah. hanging out. It was actually a really cool, yeah. really cool That's time. awesome, man. That, that's a, I mean, how long ago are we talking? Are we talking 2000. early 2000s? 2000, yeah. 2001, one, somewhere yeah. around there. Wow, that's yeah. incredible. And yeah. you've managed to, to keep in touch and, and do all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's so cool. And then you guys also work together on your on those two two music videos. Yeah. Um, well, actually, uh, Art actually 
after Scarlet Host, uh, I was I co-founded a band called Three Bored White Guys, which yes. was more on the country and countryville side of things. That band, uh, most of the members of those band left, and then I decided to continue, but with new members called Three More White. Called guys. Three More White Guys, and Art was one of the more. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, we've actually had this whole yeah. conversation, episode nine, yeah, of, episode nine. of the podcast. Actually. And I still think it's really funny. That we had a MySpace page that was taken down for hate speech <laughs> because there's three more white guys. Someone flagged it as like a hate speech page and you got taken down. It's like, what? Have you seen that's our singer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I love that. That's uh, that's amazing. Yeah, no, it was funny. It was funny. And and any hate since then? No, I don't think we. No, 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 no that's no, cool. No. That's cool. Well, not so, that much. Well, there was that one uh, person at that festival, but. We don't talk about it. So this goes way, way back to yeah. uh, two, two, that's 20 years. Yeah, yeah it goes really way back. Yeah, that's 20 years, dude. Yeah. I mean, and the music scene at that time was heaving. Yeah? It yes, was. it was. Um, remember that actually as well at the same time as our bands were sort of getting together and playing shows together, Andy's band, Roswell Kings, were playing still as well. Andy Lund. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Rudys were just starting out. Um, uh, yeah, they, they, like the Hogs were, had already been around a couple of years, mm -hmm. but they were sort of keeping the scene going, kind of, those bands, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, geez, I mean, I don't even, I wasn't even... In the scene at the time. Even in the picture, I mean, it wasn't even mm -hmm. but a thought. I mean, that age, mm -hmm. uh, 2000, you say, hey? Yeah, I was 2001, yeah. 2000 i was 16 years old yeah and 2002 i matriculated so i mean you, I was, you're probably coming to the shows uh, well well i mean i i you know to be to be honest i i wasn't even aware of it at that stage <sighs> i must say i came into it very late i only started playing um guitar seriously when i was 28 Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I was I was playing rugby and going jolling at bloody taboo and all that nonsense with the other kids um, from the other rugby clubs were doing and all that stuff. I didn't Ugh. even know. So I only got introduced to the music scene in 2003, and that's when I started going to like shows and stuff. But not I, I was still not really allowed to. My parents were pretty strict about going to gigs and stuff like that mm. they were they were i don't know why they had that old school mentality mm. um but uh yeah, yeah my parents just said yeah go to the gigs you'll get out of it you'll yeah. you'll grow out of the whole thing How's this? <laughs> um, it's still <laughs> 26 years later yeah. <laughs> so funny thing is i was actually i said to my parents i really want to go see sarin gas this is a this is a like legit true ass story so Sarin Gas mm. before See the Days and stuff had got, mm. coming down. They were playing the Armchair Theatre, mm. and it must have been about two thousand, must be, or, or even earlier than that. And I told them it was an OBS, and they they were like, "Oh, I don't know." And they said, "Okay, cool, but you have to we picking up at this time." Being Cape Town and the Cape Town scene, nobody knew that they weren't going to start on time. Mm -mm. I got picked up before they even took the stage. 
<laughs> wow. Yeah. Shit. Wow. Because yeah. you saw like on the fly or whatever, it said like yeah. 9 p.m. So, so you're there at 9 p.m. That was PM. my first introduction to the music scene. I wonder actually how many times that's happened because that is a definite Cape Town thing. That's a very much a Cape Town so thing. It's like you, yeah. we always used to book shows, always used to say on the fly at 9 p.m. First band would always start at 11 <laughs> and finish at 2. Yeah. It just was always that way. And then when they were actively changing it to like you starting shows at nine people would get there once the yeah. last band is just finishing and then it only started getting into people's routine to get yeah. there at nine and then this should happen yeah and then but also it's so funny when you would host like bands from Joburg. they'll be like oh no cape town show make it later yeah, yeah. it's crazy and they yeah. always do it earlier but i also think it's also um the sun when the sun goes down yeah because the sun goes down a lot earlier that side so it's obviously it's night time now now yeah. we can duel you know that's actually a good point i didn't think of that i've always thought of it that way there's another factor though that i only discovered when i went uh up to Joburg and i was hanging out with the sugar drive boys oh wow yeah uh and this was probably in the late 2000s as well and <laughs> i'm staying over at Gar's house and he's like yeah okay we're playing uh tonight it was a friday or something we're playing tonight and where we're we playing we're playing out in that place okay cool uh what time are we leaving we're leaving at five because we're gonna get there sound check all this kind of thing okay cool we'll get there at seven and then i realized that in johannesburg or in the north driving for an hour and a half to get your it's place no, it's is no, issue. no big deal yeah so you play earlier but yeah. You're still driving for two hours. Yeah, after driving that. 40 minutes means point. nothing to them, eh? Hey? Yeah. I'm like, got to go to Bloberg, got to get my passport out. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's actually another good... That's yeah. two good points. I know. I, those yeah. are two angles They don't I never care about of. distance, dude. Yeah. I always thought it was because Cape Town is a bunch of lazy pricks. No, that too. Well, that that's too. the third one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I, uh, I put myself sometimes in that category as well. Sometimes I just can't get my ass out of... Out of the off the couch or out of bed or whatever. Uh, shit, I, I mean, can be a lazy fuck. Yeah. I I I got very lazy towards the end where I just told all the bands I was in, just tell me where we're playing and what time I must be there for soundcheck. I don't want yeah. any other information. Yeah. Also, another band, a thing that I've heard that's notorious is is bands uh, not uh, bless you. Thank you. Bands are uh, not sticking around after playing their show. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you actually. When when I first joined the scene, I'm I, it, we were introduced, but I, I liked your vibe that you were so like straightforward, and you're like, I fucking hate it when bands don't stay and and, and I hate don't stick too. around. For that, you know, you've been booked on the show, you support the band that booked you, motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> no, I hate it as well. I mean, but like, there was one point. I, like when you mentioned that immediately a gig popped up in my head yeah with, don't mention any names now bro. no I, I don't remember the names of I, listen i don't remember the names of the other bands yeah. of shows like and this also i don't care not knowing the bands that have booked you it's names yeah <laughs> but like it was with vol we played at muzone which was in brackenfell they yes. made that that big warehouse i've heard into, about remember, it yeah. like they turned this oh, huge yeah. big thing yeah, it was yeah. a fucking awesome show but Never more than 10 people attended. And you could fit like a thousand people in there. So we were play <laughs> we were going to play. And then like uh, um, we were watching this one band. And then they were just like, I don't know, they were being a bit of a bunch of dicks. And then we played and then no one was watching. No one was watching us. And we watched them. We were like, okay. And then when that band went on, 
we all packed our stuff and we were waiting on the side. And as they finished their first song, we said, thank you. We did like a, a march with all our gear <laughs> just straight through the floor and out the venue. We're like, <laughs> no, it's crazy, man. I realized that I just also lent out a um, double bass pedal that I, that I haven't seen again. <laughs> like, I don't know where it is. But it's fine. It doesn't oh, matter. I, I know I donated to a good cause. I've got a symbol floating around somewhere that someone's oh, right, got. Jack. No, not that one. I got a. I had a. I had a paste sixteen-inch symbol which I lent to Stephen from uh, the Sleepers. Yeah. And I don't know where that went to. He probably like misplaced it or someone borrowed it or something. But that's gone. Uh, I lent a few stuff to other people that also gone. Dude, this Stunning. one's priceless. It's signed by you. It's that, also been the artwork was done by you. Yeah, and it's got a, a dinkum chip in it. Proper. Let's go. That's Proper. that's that's worth money, bro. That oh. symbol cost me five hundred bucks when I bought it, and was my favorite symbol ever. Is it? Well, I have it now, so thank you. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um so Anton. Yeah. What? Um. Yeah. I mean, I have those these gig stories are incredible. Yeah. Um. There's tons, dude. I know. So, Especially with this guy. Yeah. So, so, I, I, what are we even? How do you get into it? I mean, because we I, were talking about the connection between you guys, and then yeah. we went on a, off on a bit of a tangent. So, so we played together. I think you probably joined the White Guys in like two thousand six ish, late mm -hmm. two thousand six, yeah. right? But I'll tell you, like when I really felt a strong, like proper, when I got into the groove with playing with art, was when we did the Bob Dylan show. And the reason for that is that you can rehearse with the band and play the odd gig and whatever, but I don't think you really get to know like a, a, your fellow player unless you get into a context like that. We were playing four nights a week, four straight weeks, the same music to uh, to an audience. Yeah. In, in a in a in a fairly tightly choreographed show, in in the sense that you knew what you were playing when there was, you know, you knew the arrangements well rehearsed, of the songs yeah. well rehearsed. And in that space, you just, you know, it's, it's, it's this intangible thing that you have with other, with other players. Once you get to know them well, you, you start finding the spaces and the gel and all that kind of thing. And after that, I've always loved playing with art because we seem to just have this intuition about where each other's going for any particular thing. Um, and then, yeah, since then, I don't think there's ever been a long space of time where we've not actually played in the same project. Because you play in Ericard as well, right? <coughs> or, or you I, will I, when you play live or whatever. I, I did a few experiments. Because like it's mostly it's, it's a mostly a solo thing for him. No, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched the <coughs> your one video that said why I created this channel. And mm. we'll get into all of that like sure. a little bit later. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, you, you did say that it was initially planned as a as a thing, but I think I digress as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'll yeah. Go for it. Um, art. We, we've we've tried a couple of experiments with art uh, fitting in in a live context. Um, I've also I always go to art for advice on how to make drums work when I'm uncertain. Like how you know what would happen here? What would we do? How does a drummer prefer to? approach this that type of thing cool. so yeah um he's invaluable that way yeah we we we, we experimented it live and, and and he's taking it like uh very much of um like a, a chalkboard of just like mm -hmm. checking on ideas and figuring out what works so i just played a few shows with him 
it can work, it doesn't work, but the thing is, he doesn't need any tinsel. His song's actually really good. No, for sure. I mean, that's that's actually, I remember where my point was coming from. In the video, you said you did a couple of open mic nights just to see how you could apply it in that context. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. And then I was like, yeah. what mm. am I talking about? I can't remember. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's awesome. So so you guys have always kind of worked together for the most part, eh? Yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah. Um, my favorite drummer to, to play for. So oh. whenever he's asked, I've, I've said, not a chance. And then whenever I've asked, he said, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so then another thing is, is we talk about Scarlet Host and, and stuff mm. like that. And then now I listen to Erica. It's obviously the it's less of the heavier persuasion. Yeah. And then it's further removed from uh, three board and three more white yeah. guys. Yeah. How how did you get from like doing metal stuff to? I'm an '80s kid. Okay, so when I was coming into music sensibility, uh, music was all about experimentation with with new instruments like synthesizers and, elect and yeah. electronics and that type of stuff. Um, also, it was a prime era for new wave and dark wave and goth and, you know, that type of thing. And all those kinds of music, all, all, all of that sort of sits in me primarily. That's my foundation music, if you want to call it that. I got into Scarlet House by accident because Lindsay and I we're in high school together. So he was like, we're looking for a bassist. I was like, sure. I have no idea how to play a bass, but I'll work it out. Um, I say no idea how to play bass. I mean for a metal band, you know, for a prog metal band. I have no idea what that is all about, but I'll, I'll figure it out. And so I did. Um, and that was, so for me, playing metal is probably the the biggest stretch, but like playing harder stuff is, is the biggest stretch. Playing the other stuff comes a lot easier for me. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I that. mean, it's cool that you just, um, Lindsay Rousseau, I've just remembered. Lindsay Rousseau. Um, yeah, just, uh, it's cool to, to, to dip your hands in, in Definitely. little. You learn so much um, from, from trying one thing against, you know, it's like actors who play against type. It's like if if somebody's always classed as a hero in a movie, and then in a movie suddenly they're the they're the villain, they're the evil bastard. <laughs> you 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 know that they maybe expand their range a bit, and now you know they can do a bit more. But also they have a lot more fun with it. Sure. Um, and now you're not sure how to how, what their next movie is going to be about. You know. Um, and that for me just keeps it interesting and exciting. I've I learned a lot in playing the bass for. Scarlet Host. My first experience of playing bass was learning double bass for a country band. Yeah, I saw in in three more uh, three board white guys there was actually an upright bass. Correct. Yeah. Um, so that was my first experience of actual bass playing bass, and then I moved down to electric bass. <laughs> yeah. Um, I tried playing that. I did the Simpsons dude, theme so song. So difficult. I played the Simpsons theme song and one was red. Yeah, it's so difficult. <laughs> but it also sounds like. It's it's almost like you have to try and get tone out of it, you know. Yeah, because and it's it so ends up like becoming thuggy. quite percussive. As yeah, well. yeah, exactly. It's like a bass drum kit. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. It's very cool. great way to start. I mean, Ryan MacArthur would probably um, be like, "Amen, my, my brother," because <laughs> I mean, the the Shabs they still rock the upright bass. Mm. That's awesome. right. Yeah, they yeah. do. Yeah, and it's and it's great, you know, because I I, I don't consider myself sort of 
a great player of it. But again, get to know enough about it, it teaches you a lot about how to play other things. Absolutely. You know, learning to play that, you have a better sense of if you get behind a drum kit, what to do there. If you get behind keyboards or a guitar, because you understand what the other instruments are doing. So you can kind of fit in where you need to. 100%. I totally, uh, um, not to turn it back on me again, but uh, <laughs> I totally get what, you, what you're saying in that um, with Ill System. I didn't know how to play a reggae uh, riff. I didn't yeah. ever muck around with like clean tones and stuff. That was all completely new for me. And I was like, because I was just like, gain everything in the yeah, beginning. Yeah, and yeah. then I started honing tones and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it, you learn. Yeah, you live and absolutely. you learn. Yeah. So is that how the whole uh, trajectory happened? Like, started working on. What was your first instrument? Instrument. Um, I suppose. I suppose, it, like everyone, like I started out with with a guitar at home, a, a basic acoustic guitar, and you know you learn five chords, and that's all you learn. <laughs> and then, in terms of playing in band, strangely enough, once again, Lindsay Rousseau comes into this conversation. Lindsay, uh, he's gonna hate me for this. <laughs> Lindsay Rousseau and I, our, well, certainly my first band in front, of, uh, in front of an audience was with Lindsay as well. We were in a high, basically a high school band that played Depeche Mode covers on keyboards. Okay. I'm getting a lot of your references in the music as well. Mm. Like Dylan can definitely uh, yeah. pick up some of that. You can definitely pick up... Um, um, mode, yeah, depression mode, depression stuff, mode electronic stuff. stuff. Yeah, like synth, synth pop, synth pop, synth, Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I went a long time, and then the bass in the country band happened, and from there it was. I've always played in bands from that point in time. So awesome. Mostly on bass when it's live. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this programming for a segment we like to call Beer of the Week. Artur Carlos Diego Pejero III, take it away. Well, I got this beer called, let me get my eyeballs out. Yeah. Uh, Riot Kapstadt Lager. Okay, well, wait, give, give one to, to, oh, we to gotta Anton. Oh, we crack it open. Uh, my bad. <laughs> my bad. There we go. It's actually kind of at an awkward angle. Yeah. It is what it is. So, so you can read along with us. Ciao. Oh, yeah. Here we go. I'll take that. Chilled glasses. That's Ooh. why I didn't want to wait too long. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so this is Riot Kapstadt Lager. And uh, you read somewhere that it's like a, a hybrid between an ale. Yeah, lager ale hybrid. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> to open your one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. All right, so what is this guy like? All right. Ooh. So we've got a Riot Session Lager Ale Hybrid. Uh, warning, this beer will disappear. I like that. The drinkability of this beer is sky high. Brewed as a Skolsh. It is a lager-like character with a refreshing dry finish. Bottoms up. Riot, stay true. If you're not careful, you'll end up ordinary. I agree. Well done. I like that. We believe that a life less ordinary is a life more flavorful. So we make our beers loud, proud, and with fists full of flavor. Well, it smells like a our beer. Our beer will always have individual personality and flair. Cheers to 
individualism. Mm. That was quite a mouthful. But cheers, guys. Cheers. Little, little drive-by. Cheers. Ooh. Smells quite like the aroma. Drink. Yeah. Interesting. First sip. Mm. It looks like the fizz has all but disappeared. Just like it said the beer will. Yeah. Maybe that's what they mean. <laughs> um, mm. The f- you always have a problem with the fizz every week, and we're like, Let's I don't know what expiry is. date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's because we keep on pouring him to glasses, and it loses its like. Uh, I, I don't, don't know. I don't. Maybe. Best served ten degrees Celsius, four point four. Oh, it even gives you the flavor notes. A eh? subtle maltiness with hints of nectarous joy. I mean, yeah. I get can. the maltiness. This is like a normal beer. Crisp, but light, and down, uh, downable. I like that. But it's murkier low. than. Like low. mass-produced kind of SAB like beer. No sediments? Mm-hmm. Yet. What do you think, Anton? I like that uh, it, according to the label, it only has four ingredients. I like that. I know. Um, it's like, what, um, so read it out for us there. Right. Uh, pure H2O, water, that is. Yep. Uh, malt. Hops and hops yeast. and yeast. So... Wow. Quite close to Reinhardt's Gebot, actually. Mm. Uh, but if, and if that's true, well done to them. If they've made a nice, like, it's a pretty, it's not an unpleasant taste at all. No, it's uh, not unpleasant it's, at all. It's very easy drinking. Very, very easy, yeah, very. Yeah. That, well, it's they did cool. say it's downable. Yeah. Definitely. Very easy drinking. The fizz has kind of disappeared a smudge. Yeah. Hence downable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. You, you could actually swallow big gulps. Should I this. try it? The, the, <laughs> the, the sip to burp factor is quite low. I find. Okay, yeah, you always know that. That very I'm, refreshing. I'm the knucklehead to always try the down. Yeah. If it says downable, I want to yeah. try it. <laughs> very refreshing. It's a very refreshing. It is refreshing. Job. I like it. Yeah, I like it. So, You're gonna so on that. No, I mean it's so cold. I could. Yeah, it's gonna hurt. Nah, it would yeah. never hurt. Um, okay. So basically, we've got a scale called the Mike Cubic Scale. Okay. The um, Mike Cubic Scale. Yeah, yes, it, right. it's the namesake of of the scale. My friend Mike Cubic. Uh, fellow bandmates and bass player of Ill System. Ex-bass player of Scarlet Host. Ex-bass uh. player of Scarlet Host. Um, ex-bass player of Moment of Clarity. Um, so he, he's a beer fanatic. So we, we always t- t- um, seek his advice in terms of what to right. look for. Right. Um, so what would you give the uh, beer out of 10? I'm going to go with a safe... Six. Six. A safe six, six, yeah. A good six, yeah. Save six. Mm. So six means if you see it on the shelf and there's no beer of your choice, like preference, you would consider it. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, So, Arthur or uh, Arthur. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, I would actually be in the same. I'm... Mine is a three out of five. We do out of five. We combine our scores. Yeah. Mine's a three out. I give a three out of five. It's like, it's, it's really nice, but it's, it's nothing like, you know, take my pants off and jacket or, you know, Uh, throw it in the trash. Shout out some 41 or Blink-182. Blink-182. It has lost quite a lot of fizz in there though. I know that disappoints me a little bit. Yeah. I'm going to have to drop it to two and a half out of principle yeah and we've also we've been pretty uh candid no i'm pretty, keeping it at three i'm keeping yeah it at three. we've been pretty candid with our and we've tried to keep 
try we're trying to keep it as honest as possible yeah i think nothing's beaten that peacock ale i think i, I don't know what was it that ale that we had last time we must just check yeah we'll check on our little spreadsheet that was good but i'm also gonna give it a um i'm gonna give it a three because it's six two and a half would be you know average yeah but but it's it's got flavor and it's got uh yeah, it's got it a bit of taste nice. to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and, and it's like, because it's it doesn't a, look fizzy, doesn't mean it doesn't feel fizzy. Mm. If you know, what I, I mean. would say that this is the perfect medium between a craft and an SAB. Okay, you know what I mean. It's a bit like murky for that. Though. Yeah, that's where that's where the craft bit comes okay. in. You know, it's like it looks. It it's got all the qualities of like a mainstream beer. You know, like okay. a castle or a vintic or something. But there's a little bit of extra craftiness to it. Yeah. And which also might explain the loss of fizz, showing yeah. that it's not really well, like full that carbonation. Right now, it looks like apple juice. It does look like apple juice, <laughs> but there, there's still a bit of a tingle in it. Yeah, but look, I mean, he's got some head there, mm, a little yeah. bit of foamy foam. There's still tingle on the tongue, even though you don't mm, see a head. It is nice. But anyway, so, so on that note, it's a, and we don't plan these things to give uh, uh, the same score. Yeah. So, but what that means is we're on the same page. So a solid six out of ten on the Mike Cubic scale. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to go check it out, it's definitely um, it's not something we wouldn't recommend. No. So I'd, check it out. I, yeah. If if someone wants like an entry level kind of yeah. craft experience, yeah. I'm not a saying sponsor. start off with this is a good point. <laughs> I think that's yeah. yeah. That's there we go. It's a if you're not into used to craft, yeah. it's a good way to get into it. We yeah. support independent breweries. Hell yeah. yes. Absolutely. But let's go back to what we were talking about earlier yeah. because we did interrupt the programming for Beer of the Week because we were thirsty. Um, you were talking, we, we were talking about like the, the, the gig scene and then we were getting into... Um, double bass. Yeah, double bass and how, how we learned the, 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 the instrument and then how you progressed and now we're at, you know, Ericode. Yeah. Is Ericode currently the only project you're working on? Um, aside from the odd um, uh, white guy's activity, um, which actually hadn't happened for almost a year, a year and a bit, up until now, for the next couple of months, we, we're looking for one or two more shows because one of the guys is leaving. And we just want yeah, to get... Are you going to some Middlesburg or Matrasburg? Or... We, we've just been to Mauriceburg. Mauriceburg, yeah. okay, yeah. And on Friday, we're off to Stanford. Okay. Um, Pastor Manis. So... Okay, so you've actually got quite a busy... I mean, yeah. for, busy for now, for this time, uh, yeah. schedule. Yeah, actually. And then I'm, we're supposed to go back to... Uh, Erica is supposed to go back to Stanford in January. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's actually quite... Now that I'm thinking about it, it we've actually done quite a bit uh, over the last month and uh, over the next month as nice. well yeah because frank is uh immigrating with his wife to canada <laughs> i think in june you said? said something like yeah june yeah in june, june. so we're trying frank to squeeze is a lucky guy we're <laughs> trying to squeeze in as much as we can before he goes before he goes i mean yeah. I, I know you'll miss him and all but like jeez frank i want to be you right now dude he told us that we must come visit him in canada <laughs> and, dude and please can i come but dude, check this out. Check this out. Yeah. He says I'll like, play the tambourine. In the town where he's going, I don't know where it is. There's like a bar that we can play. So I went like, cool. We'll organize a gig there. But we'll also organize this whole social media campaign of the three more white guys North American oh, tour. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. So we have like a poster with all these dates all around North America. And they're all sold out. And then like we just keep pushing these sold out shows, fake pictures. And then we say like we have one slot. We have got one 
bonus show at this place. You know, tickets are available nice. now. Come, I reckon it will work. I'll be your video guy. <laughs> I'll be your video guy, and I'll edit and upload videos daily for you on tour. Hey uh, man, there as we soon go. As How's that? For free. I'll pay for my own ticket. Everything. I'd, I'd love for that. So to can these folks handle my 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 party my partiness? I reckon they can. Yeah, <laughs> nice. yeah I can do it. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it's it's like a party. It's like a party. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. That sounds awesome. So yeah. you really have that. That's going to be a plan coming. Well, that's something we were, we were like joking about, but it is something that we'd want to do is to go up and uh, go visit him, him, visit him yeah. there because nice. he's like a brother, you know. No, and then sure. uh, why not have a show there? Yeah, dude, that we're, sounds awesome. And we would play more of our country rock stuff as well, which is quite big in that side. Mm-hmm. So they'll probably gravitate towards that a lot as well. That sounds awesome, dude. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So we won't uh, play Surfing Bird though. No. <laughs> no <laughs> he's so sick of that no he's like with three bored white guys when they were playing they packed out places and there was, it was like a huge party band but like country billy stuff mm. and every show they played surf and bird at the end <laughs> like every single show and then with three more white guys we played surf and bird at the end of every single show i mean and then these last tradition. couple of shows we we he puts in the set this is like yeah there's all the songs next message bold we are not fucking playing surfing bird. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, you can get over songs, eh? Yeah. Eighteen years of playing that shit. No. Yeah. No, I feel you. No. I feel you. But you can I mean, you can always just put your different spin on it, eh? We did actually. Yeah. <laughs> we but did no. we did put a, no. a spin on it. It's rad. I've got a little clip on my YouTube channel of us playing Surfing Bird. Oh you do? Yeah. yeah. It was from Ooh. my brother behind me with his phone. Okay. Just recorded a clip, but it's it's rad. You basically just see the backs of us. Okay. It was at that place in uh, uh, Camps Bay. Oh, oh, that oh. That little oh, tiny oh, bar. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, how do you guys find these places to gig? I mean, like, because in terms of venues right now, specifically, I yeah. mean, you say Stanford yeah. and you, you're talking about um, Mauriceburg. Mauriceburg and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, well, you, you must be have, have some dank network of places to <laughs> to go play because it's, you know as far as i'm concerned there's nothing here's around. another story that throws back to the day um mauriceburg happened because uh at that place that we played or that place that we played happens to be owned and run by a couple and the guy is an ex-guitarist for three chord theory yeah. who used to also play on the circuit in cape town and we know him from from that space, and he was like, he's been after me for about a year. Guys, coming, come down to my venue, guys, come and play. But of course, with lockdown, and yeah, all this kind yeah, of stuff. for sure. And so we have found the opportunity, and we went. Stanford is a different story. Stanford is the bar there is run by my old football boss, the manager of my of my football team that I used to play for, or I still play for. Um, and he's running a bar out there and he's been trying to get the white guys out there because Steve also used to play for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the white guys out there for two or three years now and now seems to be the time. So Amazing. The place to go, in my view, screw Cape Town. Cape Town's venue owners are full of shit. Cape Town's venues Not are full of shit. <laughs> yeah. Cape Town's venues, those that remain, are full of shit. Um, go out of town, man. Play a show in a small town somewhere. You'll have a much better time you know i i mean yeah i mean i never really had i maybe came much later on i was never involved in the bookings and stuff Mm. 
so I didn't really see that side of things. I really, I just enjoyed playing uh, the shows, but I, I can imagine it to be with organizers, supposed, mm. supposedly, like the people organizing the show, not mm. so much the venue owners. Um, well, yeah, promoters. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, promoters, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I when I, we, when we, we went to J-Bed, it was like the next best thing to Bubblegum, and they didn't even have a stage at the time. Yeah. And we're like, this is so much fun. Yeah. You know, to go to a small town, people don't experience uh, the I've music. They don't get treated to that very often. I've been lucky that way that uh, I've played lots of shows around the country, but I wasn't involved whatsoever with the organization thereof. <laughs> yeah, me too. I refused. I was like, yes. Well, I mean, it, uh, I, didn't, I didn't think I had a really long enough tenure to even... It's like World War Two outside. ...have an opinion on it because, I mean, geez... 2014 to 2021. I mean, I suppose that's a long. I burnt myself out with organizing shows for two shows. <laughs> Papa Jesus and no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. The one was the one was my 30th birthday, where uh, I stole an idea from from Dylan, three three chord theory. He had a birthday gig and he just played covers with his mates. So I stole his idea and did a birthday gig where I played covers with all my mates. But I had like everyone from like Hogs and Taxi Violence and everyone there. I remember he played that show. Everyone. I remember that show. It was Amazing. like huge fucking names. That's like there awesome. were some people there that, that I asked that they were just unavailable. You know, and they were like big draw cards. But I anyways, just wish I was around in this Organizing era. that show was a nightmare because I organized yeah. everything. I paid yeah. for everything. I paid for every practice. I had yeah. everyone come in Man, and the show. If, and if then he, I didn't organize another one, which was just five of my existing bands. <laughs> and that was also, I was like, those two shows I put on, they were fucking events. Never again. I'm done. You yeah. were going to say something, but before you say something, let's all just take a moment of appreciation for arts swellendam municipality cap <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's clearly a da cap because it's bright blue <laughs> I, I went to Car she, carolyn dropped a brilliant joke and i said don't you think my caption goes oh that's good where did you get it <laughs> yeah where did you get it i'm interested did you have to rob someone or something no my parents are part of a caravan club so okay. like um they go caravanning to like a different campsite in the western cape like once every month they haven't done okay. it for my folks used to do that as well yeah yeah oh, really? and um, it, was big. it was big back in the day dude touring Jeez. yeah wow, I, we used to go with them all, all the time. stickers and then the last time they were they went to Dam, my mom picked up this cap and then she gave it to me so i was like you know what i, I was never gonna wear it because yeah. you know Dam. but i was like no it's actually a cool cap i dig it i'm gonna fucking wear it yeah it's crazy i mean i did some work years ago and i was like you know uh where they used to have like earth dance and and the first Ram Fests at uh, oh, Nicky's. Yes. Nicky's. Just before Nicky's on the right, there's Worcester Yacht Club. Yes. And it's like oh, a man. whole world you didn't ev you never even imagined to exist. It's, uh, yeah, it was incredible. Oh, Nicky's. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Woodstock, that, Woodstock 2009 was my first big main stage experience when I filled it with Taxi. That's crazy. Played at like 10 in the evening on the, the Friday night and it was just a sea of people. It was fucking awesome. Can I tell you a story about Art's birthday gig? Yeah. At Art's birthday gig, right? Um, I'm scheduled to play on the last song. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Ah, I was going to play the last song. And everybody, for the most part, had shown up at least one rehearsal to run through the songs, except for this one song we hadn't rehearsed because 
uh, Franchard hadn't been available. Uh, Franchard van Kirk had not yeah. been available. And all through the night, we've not seen Franchard van Kirk. So we're like, is he going to turn up? I mean, is he here? Is he whatever? And we're backstage and everybody's like running through the show and we're getting our stuff together. And last, last song, uh, crap, nobody's seen him. We're just going to go on and... Yeah, I, I even said, guys, I'll, I'll have to sing the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and we start playing and we start playing... You're like, okay, Art, it's up to you. And as we hit, approaching that first verse, Franchot falls onto the stage from the front. Oh, <laughs> lovely. And he gets up and he'd been at the bar all night. Okay. He's fucked. And you're like, oh my God, he can't even stand up. The guy nails it. Yeah, it was, yeah I mean, it was I'm like, out of his mind. Rockstar status. Come he, on. He, even, in, even towards the end, the last two verses, he did in Afrikaans. <laughs> Well, I mean, it is his first language. Yeah, but, no, but like, like he, he, yeah, but he, he took the time to learn yeah, in Africa yeah, and yeah. he did an Afrikaans, and it was awesome. It was actually my favorite song of the night. So, yeah, okay, so you shared the stage with the likes of and all that kind of stuff. That's, That's what dude, I mean. I mean, like, that, uh, dude, Francois and I go way back. Fr- Francois and, and Vaynant used to sound engineer for us when we played at the Purple Turtle. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's where they, uh, they were always in bands as well. Yeah. Yeah. But, before Fuck of Politica actually premiered, they were friends on the scene, like oh, everybody else. Amazing. Yeah, my lady sex played with them when they were called New World, New Inside. World Inside. New World Inside. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it was a mixture between uh, uh, fun- uh, was it Fungi? Ah, I can't remember. There was a bunch of bands that formed uh, New New World Inside, and it was Vaynant and Francois. Okay. Francois was playing bass. Jeez, yeah, see, this is history that are, that is yeah. completely. Uh, um, I, I've, I've never heard of it. So this is like education right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, dude, I mean, it's just, dude, over, over the years, there's just been so much stuff that I've been involved in, so much stuff that he's been involved in. I mean, the people that he rattles off in conversation, it's like, you know that person? <laughs> it's like, yeah. what? Yeah. Yeah, it was actually, to be honest with you, I think it was Jared. I'm not sure if it was Jared. I think it was Jared. Where I was like, oh, no, we've got Anton Marshall on the show on Monday. And he's like, Oh wow! I haven't seen him in years. Yeah, and Jared like, used to do sound as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, you know, I honestly don't know where where that <laughs> that comes from. I'm just, for me, I've always just been around the band scene. I know everybody who's in the band scene. Everybody knows everybody else. Maybe it was just a thing of its time because I, I got the feeling that at that time we were all hanging around together. There was a there was a good vibe between bands. Yeah. I think bands enjoyed working with each other and they enjoyed doing shows together. Um, Maybe because there was also a budding scene at the time. Yeah, the scene was vibrant. Yeah. You know? People were out every weekend and they'd run into each other all the time and you got to know each other, you know. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I don't really... I never really think about it as, holy shit, we know those folks. I, I don't see it yeah, that way. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's just normal like, life for you. It's just the guys that we used to know back in the scene. Well, that's, a, hu- that's a nice, humble way to look at it. And also yeah. really like just shows that you're just down to a dude that just digs playing music and hanging out with like-minded yeah. people. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's awesome. So, I mean, th- those were like sick shows. Eh? Uh, every single time um, it was... Oh, like a whole community i mean did you guys play regularly with particular bands i well, mean like dude, we were mentioning earlier that the the scene was like buzzing at the when time. i was in my latest x and that was the time with new world inside and half price started and there was a hogs and 
Rudy's. time spent in Rudy's, all those shows. Oh, there Rudy's was there was a point there was a point in that period where myself played twice a week for six months. It was like a Friday and a Saturday show every week. It was like Table View, Obs, Town, everywhere. Durbanville, we played everywhere. It was hectically busy. And I remember many times driving from Table View at four in the morning because we always stayed up, stayed late to help the cleaners clean mm-hmm. the floor because we were fr- friends with the owners. And then there was many times I'm driving home and then I'm like falling asleep at the wheel because yeah. it, it was just getting like fucking hectic, you know? You, yeah. dry, you get home and it's sunrise and it's like, but got another one tomorrow. It's like hectic. But I mean, also remember we're 20 years younger yeah. at that it stage was, as well. So yeah. it's just like, let's go. This is awesome. I look yeah. at I look at those days and I'm like, I don't know how I survived. That's and true. I, and mm. I, I don't do drugs, as you, as you know. And at yeah. that point, I didn't even drink. I didn't drink for seven years and I still don't know how I survived. Yeah. It was like... Two practices a week, two gigs a week. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah, I mean, I loved that whole lifestyle. I mean, that was even yeah. in 2014, which was mm-hmm. 14 years later than the period we're talking about. Yeah. Um, so I can imagine. I mean, you know, I really love making music, but I know it's not like, oh, we're going overseas and yeah. doing all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was none of that. I remember feeling like playing a show at Table View and thinking we were the, we had the best gig. We must have had the best gig that, that night. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. And, and, dude, also, when we did the Bob Dylan show, mm-hmm. I, I, I calculated roughly that I was actively playing about 130 songs in total. There was like the Bob Dylan stuff and all the other bands. There's 130, 140 songs that I actually active, knew and played. Active songs and playing at Active one time. songs that I've been playing in gigs. It was about 140. Yeah. Wow, that was at crazy. That time. Yeah. That's great. Well, listen, to be honest, I mean, I played with you two weeks ago and you literally figured out nine songs in, in three hours. But yeah. I know I know you want you know to focus on certain ones, but you, you literally were able to play through nine songs. Yeah. I want to make a point about this though. Given what Art has just said, given what we've been talking about all this time, and we are also playing in active bands, right? Approach, approach a venue currently. Approach the booker for that venue. They have no idea who the fuck you are. I've got a problem with that. No, I don't mind that either. Because I think, I mean, regardless of the genre, we're not talking about genres or suitability. We're just talking about if someone approaches a booker for a place that has an active live spot, mm-hmm. the very least I think bookers ought to be able to do is to go give us a bit of your background. And when you mention it, they'll say, oh, you guys have a lot of experience. Yeah. So you guys aren't here like brand new. You guys aren't yeah. writers. Yeah. You guys have some idea of... How to be professional, put on a show. I ain't no chump. <laughs> <laughs> and do you remember, remember yeah. in my latest X days um, and Scarlet Host days that there were so many promoters. Yeah. Like there were so many people that were putting on shows. Mm. Like there was people actually had like business names. Yeah, it was heaving. Yeah. There were so many people. You could just like bump into someone and they would go, oh, let's put on a gig. And they just put you with whatever and it happened. Yeah. But, look, but I mean... This very week, okay, uh, last week rather, I sent an email off to a place that is that seems to be growing in terms of staging live shows, okay? And I said, hey, I've heard you guys have a pumping venue. Uh, this is me. This is, uh, this is my history. Check out some videos. We've got on YouTube here. This is the white guys I'm, I'm pushing for mm-hmm. now because we've got some, video, some footage of us playing live. This is done 10 years ago, and we were playing long before that. 
I didn't even get a fucking reply on the email. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. So that's the type of shit that I think needs to go. Yeah. I think if part of your of your business, whether you're the band or whether you're the, the venue, if part of your business is dealing in, in stuff like this, act like it. Yeah, yeah. You at know. least at least respond. At least respond. Yeah, Say no yeah. or yes or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least show me the courtesy of saying, hey, got your email. Keep you in mind for the next round yeah, of I mean, listen, you're a type of person that gives a shit to actually even do that. I don't think a lot of people would even bother do, to do that. A lot of people wait for the opportunity to come yeah. to them instead of making it. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I just think in terms of our, uh, the music I play and the current band I play in, I mean, there's only one place applicable, really, and that's Daisy Jones Bar. That That is... Uh, to be fair, I think that's pretty much the only place now. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Well, I mean, they're a great venue. I'm, I mean, not, geez, I'm not saying it our... sucks as in they suck. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying it sucks no, that it's only the, the I mean, that there's no, no one else. Yeah. But, Which is um, odd because um, the metal community in Cape Town is one of the strongest I know of, of, of genres in Cape Town. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, very loyal. It's very, it's a no, very 100%, loyal community. 100%. Um, obviously, yeah. the pandemic has had a lot to yeah. do with that. Um, and then, but, but you do Joburg. Joburg yeah. is on fire. So many good. I mean, we've got tomorrow, we meet, we, we uh, look out for this episode next week. We've got Human Nebula via Zoom, unfortunately, obviously, because we're in Cape Town there in mm -hmm. Joburg. Um, so we're going to have a quick chat with them, and uh, that'll be up next week. Dude, the Joburg bands are heaving. They are, they are, um, they they really are putting out. And I'm not not to say that Cape Town isn't, but <laughs> I've seen a lot of guys that I've already met previously uh, through gigs and all that kind of stuff just pumping out content. Yeah. And you know what? It's not just music now. It's content. You have to content. add the content to it. Um, which brings me to my next uh, point is you've, you've started Ericode Bytes, which is a podcast. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the one clip that I saw earlier today uh, kind of interested me quite a lot when you were talking to your friend. I think his name's Derek. David. Dave Chislett. Yeah, yeah Dave Chislett. Chislett. Dave Chislett. Where he said, why do you do this? And, and your one answer was fear. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that conversation you had with him? Yeah, yeah. It was a couple of weeks back now, but yeah, yeah, fear. Um, and the whole thing of fear was interesting. Huh? It was, it was, there are two kinds of fear that I think we would face as musicians mm -hmm. or writers or whatever. Is that the one fear is, you, I, I, I'm getting on in years now. I had a panic dream about age. Mm -hmm. I'm like, in, in 10 years, um, this age, what have I got to share for it? Besides work and job and money and house, that's all yeah, fine. Yeah, that's standard. That's what is me? Yeah. What is, what am I leaving here? Like, about my own self and expression, and that's what uh, motivated me to get my ass moving on recording my own music, um, releasing it, and now trying to take it live. So yeah, I don't, you know, if I'm not here tomorrow. How will I prove that I was here? The older I get, everything hurts. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Everything hurts. Everything uh, just starts hurting. And yeah. you're like... Oh, just for the reference, that is a song that, that you've released about six months ago. Or, yes. Yeah. Yes, so yes, yes. Um, check that out as well. Or, guys, check out Anton Marshall 
uh, on, on, YouTube, on YouTube, YouTube and all that kind of stuff. It's 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 some and and you're gonna get every little bit of flavor. <laughs> then you're gonna get it, you know everything. Yeah. But but just just going on your point is, um, I like the way you you look at it in that sense. But then also the other thing that um, that that I, I notice is that you, you seem like a very methodical person. You're a, you're almost like a you're a you're, you're a planner. You, you mm. will go you will get step one covered before you reach step two and i also got that this fucking thing is killing me stop <laughs> um, so the one thing i also caught in you in the one video you uploaded you said you're doing this for this these three reasons um your whole argument regarding fear kind of tied into that uh where you were like the first reason is this the creative outlet i need to do the creative the second reason is to get uh, in shape, stage shape, and then the third reason is to get those reps in and and to to maintain the stage uh, yeah, uh, yeah, a, a yeah. stage uh, what do you call it stamina yes and stuff like that. So talk me through that. It it seems very thought well thought out and that you had everything in mind. Yes, um, the the interesting thing about all like the bands I've played in, even the one with art, was. The bands were very energetic. They've always been quite energetic and playful. The Erica stuff is very different in the sense that there, there are no other band members on stage. It's just me. And maybe Carolyn comes in to do a guest vocals from time to time. So I've always felt like I've got to bring a different kind of energy to it. But I've also, I also understand that having had 25 extra years of fat to deal with. <laughs> hey listen bro uh, we're in the <laughs> same boat buddy <laughs> don't worry about it we're so, in the same you're, boat you're in the support group here buddy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. is this a focus group or a podcast <laughs> <laughs> so a whole part of bringing your music to the stage the other you know all tied into that for me is also looking like i belong there then having the actual fitness and stamina to to do it because there is a lot of energy involved in in planning a show, rehearsing a show, doing a show, performing and both on, mental on a stage, and physical, all of it, yeah, all of it. Yeah. And I've done it easily enough with three other guys on the stage or four other guys on the stage. That's fine. But I I do know that when you're the only thing to focus on, you really have to have your shit together, and not just in the music, in the energy and in the and in the look and feel and in the confidence as well. There's, there's a lot of um, stuff that goes on with musicians and with artists that it's very internal. Mm. And if you, if you head out on stage and, you're, and, and, you're, and something's not right within you, that performance suffers. So you're just trying to get all your ducks. I'm just trying to get all my ducks in a row to make sure I'm putting out there what I want to put out there and I'm not just improvising my way through it. Yeah, for sure. Just that makes a lot of sense. I've never had that perspective because I'm always just the guy in the back. The, is, is, the only thing I could say is that, like, if um, if a guitar player makes a mistake, you can pretty much you know, brush it off. Yeah. But if the drummer makes a mistake, <laughs> everybody makes a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, so yeah. I get it. I get it, man. I get yeah. it. Well, I mean, I'm just happy. I'm very happy because uh, obviously Art and I have now formed a partnership. Yeah. And. If you go back to episode nine, it must be early 2019 or late 2018, mm. where mm -hmm. you were categorically retired. Yeah. Yes. Jesus. And I'm you like complained, and you didn't, and you were worried about your tinnitus. I was very worried. And 
you were like, I'm done with music. Mm. This shit's not for me anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. Only to absolutely flourish this year. Mm. I don't know if it was bleeding off from last year, but to this year, dude, you're an active machine now. That, dude, I don't know what it is. Um, I've tried to leave. All I can this say is Artur Carlos Diego Pereira the <laughs> third is back, baby. I tried to leave many times and it was always on my own volition. And then the last time I left was because I, I needed to break away because I was frightful and fear of hearing loss. No, for sure. I found a way to mitigate it. And for some reason, people keep coming to me for projects. You know, they always saying like, you want to do this? You want to do that? If, Ant if Anton asked me to do something, I'll say yes. I say yes to everything. He has a... Every year he has a birthday party, which is called Antfest. Oh, wow. And, and um, we're on Antfest 45 now? <laughs> 49. 49. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's like... Um, we won't and, get... And I said, that. dude, if I'm, if I'm living in Portugal, when you have an Antfest, I will be there. Sick. The one, the one Antfest I made a mistake was I had a... I had, forgot I had a gig that night. We were in Pringle Bay and I was playing in Stellenbosch. So I went oh to Antfest. I drove to the gig, played and left and come back. Wow. Like, you know, Can't miss it. Yeah, he's, it's he's, a tradition. He's, he's my mate. I'm no, never going to sure. miss an Antfest. But it, it's if he asked me, that's that's a separate thing. Even if i am like got a broken leg, which I have done, I'll play. Crazy. But other people would always like, you know, they get into a bind and say, can you fill in? Uh, we need a drummer. Can you do this? Can you do that? Mm -hmm. Whatever. And it's like, why am I in so demand? I left three times already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when are you going to get the picture? But yeah, I don't know, man. I don't yeah. know what happened. Well, I mean, I'm, ha it's ha I'm happy you're back. <coughs> and don't let those negative thoughts creep into your mind, please. Hey, it, it takes, it, it takes uh, negative thoughts to actually uh, manifest the real reason why you're doing something Ooh. you know mm. uh, it's like you can come up with all the reasons you want to mm. try and be in that space yeah. but if there's something that is negative you have to let that come out mm. to run its course so, you said come. so that i said come <laughs> so to, ru to run its course so that if once once that whole episode is finished you know if you made the right decision or if you should go back and try again yeah for sure so when people say you're just being negative or like you've got a negative outlook it's like it's a process yeah yeah 100 and also you got to be happy with yourself and you within your to, yeah. whole yeah. psyche i mean if uh, for you at that time that at that period of moment at that time in your life Music was not the, the answer for you. You had other things to figure out. And I then did. once you get that shit figured out, that's when your creative side comes out and when you can flourish again. And that's pretty much what he's going yeah, through Yeah, 100%. As well. well, I'm I'm super looking forward to to what what you've got coming out as well. I mean, the, the latest videos is fun. I mean, I really enjoyed the Space in Your Car video with you two. That's and great you had the hoodie and you just like going along with the lyrics and then you've got art going there and then you go, hey, are you okay? Because he's like so... That's a great uh, video. Yeah. Yeah, he's those, so those, stoic. Those videos were, were fun because like the first one was... Musenberg. Uh, um, the one that was at uh, uh, Striped Horse. Striped Horse Musenberg, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, I just went there just to film because i was like i'm gonna i want to film something i'm gonna make a video or something like that so yeah. then anton goes what's what song are you gonna do it's like i, I don't know I'll, I'll just go and film and then i had all the footage and then like five months later I said, okay cool what songs have you got and then he sent me a bunch of songs where, okay i'll make it to this one because this makes me think of a song from uh from a, 
fuck, I can't remember her name now. Anyways. And that's elliptical. Yeah. And the, the song elliptical. So I was like, this makes me think of, uh, of, of this old video from the eighties. And I, and I did that. And then he goes like, um, can you do another music video for me? So I was like, yeah, sure. When do you want it? Um, this weekend. <laughs> I'm like, well, two weeks. So I went like, okay, cool. Let me think about it. And 10 minutes later, I was like, okay, I've got an idea. Okay, cool. We're going to be driving. So just, we're just going to be driving. You know, the best, <laughs> you, know what's, you know what's the best thing about it? Like I, in that case, I, would, I sent him the song. Let's do it to this song. Think of a concept. And I very seldom give creative input to the idea. Because he would say, how about this, how about this? Do whatever you want. I don't care. Yeah. Because it's the visual aspect of, or the interpretation of the song, I leave to him. I don't know what's going to happen. He's the director. It's his concept. I want him to be the creative person for it. I, I've, I've, I've made the song. I don't have to deal with how it looks. Yeah, yeah. It was fun because my, my, I showed the video to a bunch so of you people got, that That's work. also trust. Sorry, yeah. exactly. without interrupting you. It's exactly. a trust that you got on the person that you're working with. Yeah. yeah, I showed the video to a bunch of people at work to ask them what their interpretation was. Someone said that, um, that you were in limbo. Another person said that we were friends that were like not talking. We were, we were in a fight. <laughs> and then another friend said that, that you were in that you were an apparition and I was going through a crisis and you were a manifestation of my own personal fears. And I said like, that's great. He's just a ghost in the car. He's not even yeah, there. Yeah, I looked at it as <laughs> introspection. It's like, the, yeah. it looked yeah. like you were being introspection. Like the, the divide between the two seats of the car yeah. Yeah. was, yeah. was yeah. you were in your own world and you were yeah. in your world, especially like when you were in like, yeah, because like, he goes in front yeah, of my face. Yeah. That's exactly... I, I, all I said was like, you're a ghost in the car. That's it. That was my And then was out, my of, the, out yeah. of just that tiny idea, people start yeah. pulling out all these meanings that, But and don't stuff, you think that's the so best rad. thing about putting out visual content that's connected to a song because yeah. people can make their own interpretations Absolutely. of it? Yeah, so Absolutely. I think out of all the music stuff that I've done video-wise, that's my most successful. Yeah, because that was it, fun. It, it has it's so open-ended to whatever yeah. you want to think that it is it's i love it i love it's it cool. i love it it's yeah. great yeah. Yeah, it's cool i mean that's fun and also you know what the thing is I, I wanted to bring up is dedication and the effort and what one will go to to come and and put their product out there and yeah you got an error code 2000 to 2021 years of error code um one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen songs um are there more copies of this? Yeah, I've got a few left. Yeah, so I mean, and I can where, where can people like contact you if they wanted to contact you for your? You can contact YouTube. me through Papa G's house. Okay, well, <laughs> we'll put you. We'll point you in the right direction. <laughs> no, look. Um, Am yeah. I your booking agent now, bro? What's going on? <laughs> look, I mean, you know, if if you're desperate for those discs, you know, contact me through the website. Follow me on the. Uh, on the YouTube channels, on the Facebook, or whatever, Papa G is probably going to put some links on on, on the description here. Ericco.co.za. There's an email there somewhere. Get hold of me. I'm easy so, to get hold of. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's 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 super cool to to um, just to. It's nice to meet new people that I haven't met, and mm. you know, I've, I'm familiar with your music, but it's not nice it's to put nice face to, to meet you in person, yeah, etc. Exactly. I mean, art's always spoken extremely highly of you, Thank and you I've been art. looking forward to this union. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, check out Ericode everywhere, basically. Yeah. Um, 
21 years and then so much experience that's that's super cool you're in stanford any shows coming up yeah um stanford this friday friday the 10th of december three more white guys in stanford on friday night from about you playing that? 6 30 yeah. Um, you you going to Stanford? No, I'm going to Stanford. You're gonna guys. You guys gonna stay over and hit the brewery next day or what? Eh? Uh, we coming back the next day. He's staying yeah. over. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Get the most out of it. Why don't you think about coming along on on, on Friday? I've got a. I've, I've got the folks with my. Yeah, it's a, I've got a weird situation on okay. Friday. <laughs> Stanford on Friday. Um, January fourteenth, back in Stanford with Erica this time. So that's gonna be interesting. That's the first live show that. Under the new regime, nice. putting it face to, so we're gonna try something differently. Okay. Um, in May, it looks like we might be going back to Mauriceburg for a little bit of a wine festival. Oh, lovely! And the white guys are gonna play on a nice stage there, so that'll be nice. interesting. We'll talk more about that as the time uh, sure. arrives. I bags all the glasses of port. And with Erica, you're gonna do your same vibe, but hit the studio, write yeah. some new tunes, get it out there, and then figure out how we're gonna it, apply it, it live. Yeah. Um, probably I'm looking at probably a new batch of songs, five or six songs out early next year. Okay, that's awesome. Um, yeah, um, I've just migrated to Studio One, so I'm just getting my putting the reps in, eh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. it's a it's a load of fun. It's a load of fun. Yeah. But also putting the reps in live as well, which is something I'm like yeah. highly. Um, we got some pros, you know. I've got a uh, what do you call it? A prospective show, or whatever you call yeah. it. Prospects. I got a show prospect. Coming yeah. up in February, but I hope hope that's yeah. going to happen. I want to mention we something hope else. that's going to happen. I want to mention uh, just uh, something else as well uh, what, that I think is really valuable. Um, next year, we're picking up the Music Exchange workshops again. Now, for those that don't know, Music Exchange is this program run by an organization called Music Exchange, but it's connected to SAMPRA, and it's all about music education for musicians, uh, music business education for musicians. And... Uh, over the last couple of months, we did uh, one at each of the branch, the Paul Bartner's branches here in the Western Cape. Saturday morning, a couple of hours discussion. We, we invite in a couple of artists. We have some experts. We, the guys talk, they exchange information. Um, it is invaluable, I think, uh, as an amateur musician to come to those when you have an opportunity. Uh, you know, I get to talk about the, uh, my experience from the media aspect um, Others get to talk about management, publishing, uh, promotions. Other artists talk about their experience. It really, you can take away so much information and tips from that. I'm talking about about the starting out musicians and even the experienced musicians. Come and figure out how to start making money from your music, man. Absolutely. Yeah, like all discussion of best practices as well. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a few inputs, if like with uh, uh, stage management and... um, Stage preparedness. Oh, big time. Stuff like yeah, that. There's yeah. always there's always stuff that you only find out once you get thrown in the deep end. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's I mean I mean I when you when <laughs> when you drum check for, for for you know uh Queen's Queen's drummer. <laughs> that's the that's the experience you got. Yeah. Drum terror. <laughs> oh man. Roger Anton, it's been super cool having you on the show, man. Thank I, you so it's much. been it's been really fun, and there's there's so much that I didn't know, dude. I mean, it's, there's so many things that we cover, yeah. mm. um, and and when it comes to a specific person, I don't know, you know, the deeper um, 
information and it's been so cool to be educated by just the history of of your musical journey and stuff like that so thanks so much for joining and i hope you enjoyed that beer as much as i do i did i did and also i I just wanted to mention at the end is that that last sip Mm. everything seemed to like (laughs) sunk down to the bottom because that was a very flavor flavorsome sip but um i'm gonna leave it up to you do we go to sports? Because, I mean, that is a long conversation. We can we can talk sports, but let's try to keep it short because, you know. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> but also we got to hit it outrageous. So, I mean, this has been, we're running quite long uh, f- with this episode. So I don't want to. Let's keep it short. Yeah, let's keep it short, dude. Yay, sports. Uh, we're going in equal points next week uh, to, to Yaz. Uh, the Yaz Island Grand Prix, yes, some Marina. crazy incidents, penalties. What but, are you going to say? Ah, uh, okay. Let me ask you this question: Do you follow Formula One at all? Uh, not as much as I used okay. to. Okay, so that's this is where we apologise to our guests. No problem. Um, because, dude, this is only I think the second time that's happened. That is the last race. And the two guys fighting for the championship are on equal points going into the last race. So whoever finishes ahead of the other one wins. wins. So it's a proper race now. It's not just a strategic, I've got to finish third if he comes first yeah. kind of shit. Yeah. It's like, I have to beat this guy. How awesome is that? I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to make a prediction. Okay, wait. So the, this, is, this goes into to, to making it short. Anton, who you got? Hamilton for Stappen next weekend? I think Hamilton drives for Stappen off the, off the track. <laughs> D- exactly so you got happen. dnf dnf times two yeah dude i don't know why i feel like that is exactly what's yeah. gonna happen <laughs> you know what will happen yeah. I, I think verstappen still got one more race win than hamilton does yeah so if they both don't finish and they finish he's gonna win because he he's wins. got more poles as well yeah. yes um only by one nine and eight and then well, Lewis Something, lost yeah. his first world championship uh, challenge to Kimi Raikkonen by one yeah. point. Yeah, I know, I know. And then also uh, he beat uh, Felipe Massa in the last by race. By one as well. point. Yeah. So, mm. uh, okay. So your prediction also DNF times two? No, my, my prediction is that they, they will finish. They both will finish. Who will finish first? Ha- Hamilton will finish first. I also first. think so. He's, if he's it's not just, a DNF times two, it's going to be Hamilton. Yeah, just I'll go with that. It, he just showed this weekend how strong he is that he had a damaged front wing and you're still putting in the fastest laps. And you're still going, is is Max going for fastest yeah, lap? Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was gunning it just to get that extra point. And they said, yeah. like, uh, he's just trying to get it home. There's something wrong. The guy is, is incredible. He's but, incredible. But the, the, this race was also one of the reasons why... I remember don't like why him. I don't like him so much. Yeah, because he moaned so much about the safety car he, like, and the red flag. He, uh, he moaned. He, he moans that even if there was an incident, which is what happened, that he could be... Multiple incidents. Yeah, but like when he went into the back of a Stappen, Yeah, that he, even though that he is, that I see sneaky. it, 50% part to blame because he was right behind I think him. that was low-key sneaky of Hamilton. <clears throat> I think Hamilton knew exactly what he was doing. You reckon? And he went into the back of him on purpose and it didn't quite work out because you clip the rear wing on the right-hand side, he can hit the wall. Yeah. And it didn't happen. I don't know. I think everybody's saying that Max Verstappen was riding dirty. And you know what? If you're going to catch me riding dirty, 
I don't care because uh, I think it was as sneaky of Hamilton to understand that he decelerated, called a brake test. Yeah, he, he definitely called it a brake test. Yeah. I wouldn't go to so far to say that he tried to sabotage it. Was it. A, it that, for <coughs> me, sorry, I'm going to let you finish. I promise you, I'm okay. passionate. <laughs> that, for me, was a Michael Schumacher, Jacques Villeneuve moment. Yeah, but I, I don't, I don't, I, I know exactly what you're saying. I can see it, but I don't think Hamilton's that kind of guy. Mm. But the thing that I was going to say is why the reason why I don't like him is that even though that he was half to blame for that incident because he went right up his chuff. Mm. And mm. in road rules, if you hit some guy in the back, it's your fault. Even if Hamilton is partly to blame, you'll never Admit accept it. that he is partly to blame. Yeah. It's yeah. always the other guy. It's you, almost like a play for the cameras. Yeah, if there's something that happens that he knocked the guy off, it's because that guy didn't leave him yeah. space. Mm. It's always something. And, and I told you before, when he crashed Verstappen off in Silverstone, that same thing happened to him when he was the guy that crashed off. Yeah. And he was saying that the other guy went into him after he left him so much space, but it wasn't exact, ex exactly the same positioning. And yet he goes like, oh, he didn't leave me space. It's like, what is it? Yeah, yeah. And then when, like, uh, when Verstappen let him pass and then he got him under DRS, he would have complained about that if he did not do the same thing years before. 100%. Mm. That's why I don't like him. It's, mm. it's, and, and he's, he, he makes up so, his own rules. He, mm. I don't know if he makes up his own rules. He will just never accept that he is at fault or at yeah. the wrong. Yeah. And also, he's really, really, you know really, he's, he's really appreciative of his teammates and his <laughs> and thing. and his team and everyone else when he's winning. Yeah, because he was like, oh, Bottas is the best driver, best <laughs> partner." And it's like, dude, he helped you win. Yeah. Obviously, he's the best guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it. He won't say that if it was if he was like finishing seventh in the championship. He will never yeah. say that. Yeah, that's why I don't like him. Yeah, look, it's even though be, that he's the best driver in the fucking planet. It's going to be. Like yeah, him. he is the best driver in the planet. Let's be honest. It, it totally even is. even with the best car, he is. He the best is driver. the best he's driver. Proved he's, it time and time he's again. The fucking best. I'm not going to hate him for that because no. talent deserves to be rewarded. But Verstappen, I think he was right when he said that this is not Formula One. Yeah, and too he many penalties. I mean, you've only got a 15, 15 second penalty in yeah. total. 10 and 5. And he just so happened to be 16 seconds ahead of uh, Valtteri, which so means he, he, kept, still, his he second still kept his place. That could have yeah. fucked the entire title uh, yeah. picture. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, anyway, it is what it is. So you got. Hamilton, you got Hamilton, and, and unfortunately, I got to agree with you both. It's it's it just and, looks and that way. And track record over the last four races, you one would say that it's it's his to lose. He's on. I tell own. you what, if Max does pull a fast one and gets it, I'll celebrate. <laughs> I'll celebrate. <laughs> yeah, I'll celebrate. Steve yeah. does not like Verstappen because he says he's a dirty driver, but no, I still I don't, think I that don't, no. he's even, a hard racer. Either guy winning would be a great advertisement for the sport but Verstappen will be a bigger one yeah. I just wish Martin Brundle said the same thing in that incident to Lewis as he did to Michael Schumacher with Jacques Villeneuve that didn't work Lewis yeah because <laughs> it seriously looked like I mean you can look at it from both angles but you can look at it as you as, reckon Brundle yeah. would know as well as, a, yeah. as an ex-driver I mean, but then again he's British yeah but yeah. but Brundle is also is is he's low-key low Hamilton super fan yeah big time That's because right. there was that one Damon Hill as well there was that one race where Hamilton like passed the dude in the last rap you just hear Brundle going yes like in the commentary box it's like that's yeah. not being impartial yeah. buddy 
No, and also they had some disparaging comments towards Max this whole race. Right. Yeah, they said he took it too far. Felipe Massa said yeah, he took it too Damon far. Yeah, but then Damien Hill said like, yeah, on second viewing, I think I actually judged Max wrong. I don't think he was. Uh, I don't just, think that, he was being that's mean. That's just damage control. Yeah, but, um, but he, Max was Max was pulling back because he told to let him by, and then Hamilton is like sitting behind him. He's like, what is he doing? And then obviously he's like, yeah. crash. And I think another so, fuck them, man. Pertinent note is why why people love Max so much is he just comes across as he just doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't care for the glamour. For, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he yeah. just wants to race and be done with it. Drug. So. Yeah. That's the Formula One because, I mean, holy shit, we could talk for hours and hours and hours. Next week is going to be a very interesting episode post-World Championship. Um, do you know, you know what we could do? You know what we could do? We could actually record the podcast before because, you know, it's only at 10.30 at night. Mm-hmm. So we could record the podcast on Sunday, preview it, and then review it. Um, <laughs> um, so we could, if you want to. Yeah. But, um, but um, just quick note, my Big sporting event is coming up this weekend. UFC 269, I think it is. I don't know what number it is, but holy shit, Dustin Poirier versus Charles Oliveira for the lightweight championship. The card is stellar. So, I mean, it's it's an amazing card. I'm not going to go into it. We've been uh, through this, this episode. It's It's been a long one. Nice. So we'll cover the UFC next week, but tune into UFC 260. Nine. Nine this weekend. Big, big, big fights happening. It's going to be incredible. So many stories, so many uh, rivalries, storylines. Dude, watch it because we have to talk about it. Make your notes. Fight like, pass code. Yes, I've got the fight pass. Uh, no, it's pay-per-view, so it's only ah, DSTV. Ah, balls. No, but I'll give you my DSTV login. No worries. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, then, um, without further ado, it's outrageous, everybody. This is outrageous. God damn, I hate it. Okay, Anton. Here we go. I gave you a, I gave you a, a brief briefing earlier. Okay. I'm I've ready. got a list of things that... Um, to say, for I the hate. listeners. Yeah, for the listeners, I've got a list of things that I hate. And it's up to 83 at the moment. Wow. Some of them have been read. Some of them are marked ones that have been read. Others, not really. So you have a choice... I'm giving you the choice. You can pick a number between one, or actually between two and 83. Since it's UFC 269, let's go 69. Yes. Not for other reasons. No, no, not for other reasons. (laughs) This is one of my favorite things to rant about. Putting both lips around the bottle when drinking from it. Like this, when people do this. Yeah, no. Oh my word. Fuck, I hate that. Uh, You always got to keep Fuck, I hate that. You've always got to keep the the, the uh, nozzle. You got to create some air. Yeah. Oh, like fuck, this. I hate that so much, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of that either. Uh, it's it's just like there's because also it's backwash. Exactly. Who does like, that though? If you check your top lip, and all the people don't know how to fucking drink, yeah. So you put your <laughs> you put your rest it on your bottom lip, okay, like this. You go like, ah, oh, that, that's nice and comfy. I can rest it, and then you go with your top lip inside to create like a valve. You ever a heard valve, of that? Exactly. Yeah, like not a, a valve, valve but a valve. So <laughs> you close the valve, and nothing goes in, and then you open it, and it all pours in. You want them going. It's called, it's called science. Yes. So if you drink like this, like a fucking plant. <laughs> and then uh, you go, would you like some? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jesus. I agree with that. I fucking know, man. Is yeah, it, but it, also, you know what the thing is when, okay, um, my neighbors must love me. 
Um, but when you do, when they do the whole thing, it creates such a like a swirly motion that yeah. it's almost like it creates a whole new head. Yes, yeah. a second layer. And I'm of like, that's head. all spit. That's like all a spit, spit baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, fuck. And the, the thing is, like, they, there's going to be some people. I know exactly what they're going to say. There's going to be yeah, some yeah. people yeah. Uh, of the female persuasion oh, that wow. say oh, that discrimination uh, rights they're trying to protect the lipstick. Oh, okay. wow. uh, no. I've discrimination chicks, station, right? Yeah. I've seen chicks <laughs> with lipstick drinking like how they should be drinking, and dude, it's it's fucking it's so bad. I mean, it's like people go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I you might it. as well drink like this. Dude, stop doing it. It's making me feel uncomfortable. Like <laughs> might as well drink like that. <laughs> Fucking Neanderthal. Well, there we go. There we go. Okay, so everybody, as per Art's instruction in future, yeah. please do not uh, Don't do put that. both lips over the bottle because he will rage like just a motherfucker. Fucking velvet. Just, just like a valve. Just, just like, like a... Yeah, there we go. Just let the air through so it can can uh, can <laughs> make its way... Am I am I wrong in my <laughs> my opinion? Yeah, hey, listen, he's not surprised. He's known you for twenty one years. Twenty one years. No, you're not wrong. Art. No, you're not wrong. No, exactly. But to rage you that hard, I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 dude. It it I drives me side with, drives the, me with the mouth nuts. drinkers. On no, because I, 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 yes, it drives. You know me what nuts. you are wrong about? What? Blade Runner. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, we not <laughs> I'm not wrong about Blade Runner. Ricky we'll be back next Scott week. Is wrong about Blade Runner. We'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we've gone off the rails. <laughs> that's amazing. What a way to end the show. What a way to end the show. I got you. I mean, that's amazing. Anton Marshall, thank Thanks you so much, much for joining us, man. It's been so awesome to have you. It's a deep Art, one, calm man. the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Just if I had to see him do the. The, the that's 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 yeah. amazing, dude. Um, Kevin does that. But yeah, that's why we stick around for outrageous. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for sticking around uh, till this part of the show. It's been so awesome to have Anton here. Always um, a fun time having people in studio. It brings a different dynamic, dude. It's so nice to have people around every now and again. Um, we must have you again because there's so many stories that we still have to touch on. Anytime, hey, listen, we've anytime. already discussed this off camera. You're down the road, dude. Yeah, we, we're absolutely. In the same, we're in the same area. No, so no. whenever there's... It's like Jared. Whenever Jared's... You know, whenever he's available, bring him on down. Let's, I'm done. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's, it's been really fun to have you. Absolutely. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, that's the... I think that's the show. We've, we've gone super long tonight for... So as for Anton Marshall... Arthur Carlos Diego Pejera the third Swellendam municipality <laughs> DA <laughs> myself <motherfucker>. Gareth <laughs> this is Papa G's house episode 106 I don't know 106 brilliant it's been a great one until then we say peace